but this to me was one of the most ridiculous disgusting insane things i've seen in a long time and the i could not and the it. entire reason that cnn pushed this ridiculous bullshit is simply because trump is behind it so if you didn't see the breaking news earlier today uh president trump you know i guess he's now although he's not really openly conceding yet at least he's now starting to make decisions on his way out uh basically you know who knows why he's making these decisions is it for his legacy is it to screw biden i don't know openly conceding i mean last night he tweeted i won the election right so he's not willing to concede but he might be making some decisions now knowing that he's on his way out he won't say it but he knows he's on his way out so one of those decisions again i don't really care why he's making the decisions if they're the good if they're the right decisions he is drawing down troops in afghanistan and iraq uh not completely pulling them out but taking you know removing troops from afghanistan and iraq right now we have 4500 troops in afghanistan he's pulling 2000 troops so it will go down to 2500 troops in iraq which i thought we were gone but apparently we're not we have 3000 troops in iraq he's pulling 500 so closer not completely but closer to totally withdrawing i mean 2500 troops in afghanistan is still too many but at least it's within you know, it's, it's within the light at the end of the tunnel to get out of this ridiculous, wasteful 20 year war about to hit 20 years. So to me, is Trump doing it to screw Biden? Is Trump doing it to screw the warmongers, screw the military industrial complex, piss off his neocon advisors, the ones that are still there or gone? Who cares? Whatever the reason, who cares? It's a good thing. And, you know, I don't think, you, I think you could credit Trump without being a traitor to the country. He deserves credit if he pulls troops out. Well, CNN, Jen, is aghast at this notion. <laughs> CNN is absolutely aghast. There is probably an element of this that is about weakening Joe Biden as much as possible mm -hmm. uh, for, for purely political reasons, uh, because this is a president who is going to be uh, leaving the White House while also ceding the ground for a potential second run for office. And he's also trying to uh, build a foundation upon which Republicans can continue to succeed uh, with Trumpism. And in order to do that, uh, he has to be able to say, you know, I promise to get us out of these four in wars uh, and the Democrats want to keep us in uh, these foreign wars. So a lot of this is about um, being able to have a rhetorical uh, platform for the president. But again, as you point out, there are obviously real life consequences. And I think the most important part of this that sticks out to me that we, we can't forget is that the president just spent the last two weeks purging the civilian leadership of the Pentagon. Uh, we have to ask real questions about why that happened and what was the end game? Why would the president try to do that? Was the question that we had all along. Now we're seeing yes. one of the main reasons why, and that should really uh, be an alarming thing for a lot of people in Washington. And, and Gloria, I mean, if he's you know doing this to weaken Joe Biden, mm -hmm. he's doing this at the expense of the safety of American troops. Absolutely. To Absolutely. do something this quickly. I mean, not that we should be particularly surprised. We're also watching him stand idly by while Americans die, and he doesn't really seem to give a damn. 
that they're dying of coronavirus. He hasn't changed his tune. He just pretends it doesn't exist. And here he is doing something that really could put at risk American troops. Right. Absolutely. And I think what he, you know, what he wants to do, as Abby is saying, is drop a problem in Joe Biden's lap. And if you know the history of Joe Biden, he has not been one who is for robust military intervention in any way, shape or form. So he can drop this problem on Biden. And if Biden believes he needs to put these troops back, he would do it because if he believes and his Pentagon brass believe that is it, it is in the safety of American troops and in the national security interests of this country. So I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start hmm. on that absolute madness. I don't even know where to start. Do you start with just Trump derangement? The fact that we're in a we're in a we're in a moment in just the zeitgeist where if Trump announced the cure for cancer, they'd say it's a bad thing. Um, again, yeah. I don't care if it's Ronald McDonald deciding this. I don't care why Trump is deciding this. But the, the insane phrase, and we'll get to Gloria Berger's insane lie uh. that Joe Biden doesn't have a history of military adventurism, uh, of advocating for that. But Brianna Keeler. Military Brianna, I think her name is Brianna Keeler. The anchor says, yeah. uh, uh, running the risk of moving too quickly. Moving too quickly? What do you want us to be there? Is 50 years in Afghanistan enough time? What do you mean moving too quickly? He's, first of all, he's not withdrawing all the troops. He should. Right. It like All this notion of like, oh no, you can't move that many troops in two months. Yes, you can. You can. Right. That's a, the, the number one thing that I noticed, like of the people yelling at you on Twitter when you tweeted this out, is everyone, like the people who were defending these lunatics were saying, oh, you know, it's just too fast. Like, you can't do it this fast. And you correctly pointed out uh, they're not talking about everyone. Like, Trump, he's not talking about everyone. It's like, what, what was it, 2,500 in Afghanistan and 500 in Iraq? Yes. And by the way, um, I don't know. I think it's less dangerous for soldiers to be at home with their loved ones. Maybe not now because we have a pandemic that the president's not doing anything about. But overall, I think it's less dangerous. She says he's doing this at the expense of the safety of the troops. So they're mm. they're more safe in, in war zones where they could be, you know, IUDs could explode wherever they are. They could be bombed. Uh, Taliban, uh, you know, fighting with the Taliban or ISIS or wherever. What madness? What kind of ridiculous argument is this? It's like if Donald well, Trump does anything, forget why he's doing it. I don't really care. If Donald Trump does anything, we have to come up with a reason that it's dangerous, that it's a security threat, that he's moving too quickly. Meanwhile, we're going on 20 years. Do you think in 20 years they haven't come up with a plan for withdrawal? She's saying it's too quickly to try to do it in two months. You think they don't already have the plans already drawn up on how to move troops out safely? By the way, remember that Washington Post story? I think it was earlier this year. One rare exception, they do good work. Uh, they had an amazing story on this war in Afghanistan. The just literally trillions of dollars that have been wasted. That generals had commands from the Pentagon, just spend the money. It doesn't matter what you spend it on, 
giving them a quota of how much money you have to spend a day. Doesn't matter what you're spending it on. It's just insane. And you wanna know something? Why they're saying this is because they exist to maintain the status quo. And removing troops in, in the military industrial complex, you never actually fully remove troops from countries. When, when America goes somewhere, they're committed. It's not like a wham, bam, slam, you know, thank you, ma'am, kind of relationship. We got troops in Germany still, Japan. I mean, there's documentaries about the military bases we have all over the world. So, yeah, we have like over. They're not upset that it's happening too quickly, Jen. They're upset that it's happening at all. Well, whenever um, the military industrial complex gets like too worried that we're going to leave a place or pull out of a war or stop a war, it, or like whenever we're like done uh, doing our coup, our latest coup, the the thing the military industrial complex always says is, um, oh, well, we're going to leave a vacuum. They're going to attack our allies. They're going to attack the innocent civilians. Like they paint this real sob story. And don't get me wrong, it does happen. It can leave a vacuum where where people innocent people get hurt where our allies do get hurt where where innocent people in the land we've overtaken and cooed do get hurt so i'm not making that case but it can be done right and it should be done right we cannot forever stay occupying places the you know these these warmongers are going to always use this excuse always so it's not a surprise you know i've acted surprised about this cnn clip it's truly not a surprise i think it's just so brazen like that's what the surprise is i i can't get over just how it, you know Bri and brianna herself it, it's just she was she was almost robotic as like reading from a teleprompter and then we have gloria which i know you're gonna rant about her because she was really something special there in that clip um, and then, you know, uh, what's her name, Abby Phillip? Like, it, it was just, um, it was a really telling clip that summarizes our, our us as a nation um, in, in modern history and, and where we are today. It was one thing, it was one thing that Brianna Keeler is gaslighting America, making it seem like, oh no, it's, you know, more dangerous for the troops to leave a war zone than to stay. That was one thing. But then Gloria Borger, who, by the way, I want to be diplomatic about this because you got to be PC. It's one of the most, the biggest gas bags on TV, Gloria Borger. Mm -hmm. She has no brain. I mean, I've watched her for years. This is a political analyst. She knows nothing. I'm just being clear. She knows nothing. She's one of the worst pundits on television, and most of them are bad. But she says, like, states as a fact. And you know, anybody that knows Joe Biden over his career, he's not, he's never been for robust military intervention. That's just, duh, Joe Biden. He's like, you know, Rand Paul in that regard. Um, the Gulf War would disagree with you. The Iraq War would disagree with you. Uh, he was telling Obama, no, don't send SEAL Team 6 in to get Obama, just bomb the compound which Obama was like, uh, no thanks, Joe, go take a nap, because that would have been a reckless, uh, a reckless uh, decision to bomb a sovereign country, Pakistan, 
without telling them that could be that could be you know you're basically signaling an act of war by bob bombing a compound that you thought bin laden was in rather than to to obama's credit doing it the way he did it with seal team six but gloria borgia said this and it's just like what does she actually believe this or does she just know she's lying i mean i have the clip here i could play it if people want but biden you know frankly i don't think bernie quite made this clear during the primary it's not only it's one thing if you get it wrong right if you were a sucker and believe w george w bush and condoleezza rice and colin powell and you truly believed that there was weapons of mass destruction and all this nonsense that's one thing i mean that's bad judgment on its own but if you also then after the fact not a week after you know the war started but months after the war started when it was a giant cluster and democrats were starting to turn against it and you go out and you're cheering on the war this was joe biden cheering on the war i mean actually i will play some of this clip this was joe biden in july of 2003 uh i think he was speaking at the brookings institute basically saying we got to stay in iraq we still haven't heard a single clear statement from the president of the united states of america articulating his policy in general and specifically that securing Iraq will cost billions of American dollars, require tens of thousands of American troops for an extended period of time, and that it's worth it, that it is worth it, and most importantly, that it's in our national interest to stay the course, a view that I strongly hold. Some of my own party have said that it was a mistake to go to Iraq in the first place and believe that it's not worth the cost, whatever benefit may flow from our engagement in Iraq. But the cost of not acting against Saddam, I think, would have been much greater. And so is the cost, and so will be the cost, of not finishing this job. The President of the United States is a bold leader, and he is popular. The stakes are high, and the need for leadership is great. I wish he'd use some of his stored up popularity to make what I admit is not a very popular case. But I and many others will support him when he makes the case. I wish the president, instead of standing in front of an aircraft carrier several, in front of a banner seven years ago, saying, several months ago, saying mission accomplished, had stood in front of a banner that said, we've only just begun. So, yeah, Gloria Borger. That's a guy who's not for robust military intervention. This is a guy, he even addressed it, Jen. He said, even though some of my Democratic colleagues disagree, I support the war. He's basically, you know, I won't be crass, but giving out, fa giving out sexual favors to W, saying he's a popular leader, he's a bold leader. I mean, it was evident to anyone with a brain, frankly, before the war, but even, you know, even Democrats who got suckered into this or caved to political pressures, uh, were starting to turn against this. I don't remember who, but they, you know, whoever in Bush's administration said, yeah, we'll be out in a month. This is months later. Troops had, or, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of troops had already died in Iraq. So it's just, I feel like what we saw today from CNN, both the crass Trump derangement 
not just taking a taking the win and saying whatever maybe he's doing it to screw joe biden maybe he's doing it to say f you to the warmongers and the neocons it, that were in his administration most of which he had appointed by the way but he's they're basically saying like him doing the right thing is somehow endangering troops and then trying to pretend that joe biden somehow you know he might joe biden might have done this himself because he's not into big wars even though he was involved with obama's administration intervening in libya and in syria and everywhere else the obama administration wrongly intervened so i just think this is an unfortunate sign of things to come which is the media uh how do i say this respectfully <laughs> bending over backwards for soon to be president biden and re you know uh reinventing history and you know continuing to um prop up the military industrial complex and i'm sure tonight if we watch i mean they'll have you know generals and people that are have gross conflicts of interest that sit on boards for defense contractors on to say how dangerous this is that trump is doing this you want to know something i don't care who it triggers i credit donald trump he's being a he's a fascist in many ways and he's being a ridiculous dangerous lunatic uh denying this election it's already sparking danger john for us covered uh these rallies uh these million maga lunatic march uh the other day where i don't have the confirmation but there were reports that the proud boys literally were attacking journalists there was even again i haven't looked into it but there was even rumors that proud boys stabbed uh counter protesters so not rumors it's definitely oh it definitely rumors. happened okay so one one so my point is trump is sparking this lunacy but i can also say on one hand he's sparking this lunacy but i don't have der trump derangement so i could also credit him when he's right and on this i don't care why he's doing it it's the right thing to do and i hope he wakes up tomorrow and says Fuck it we're, we're moving them all home that's that's what should happen and uh shame on cnn for this propaganda because it that's what it is it's propaganda yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to go as far as saying that I give Trump credit. Like, I don't want to give him credit for anything. I think, like, yeah, okay. Like, this is, like, one of the least shitty things he'll do in his presidency. Um, he, he isn't doing it for the right reasons. I don't care about the reasons. I think it is a good thing. It's certainly not pulling everyone out obviously that can't be done um super duper quickly he should have started it earlier if he actually wanted to end this stuff and i i think he is so dangerous like i don't want to give him credit with that said um it it does it scares me how many like neo libs are going to be sitting at home tonight watching MSNBC or CNN or whatever and just shaking, like nodding their heads along with the anchors um, and the commentators who are telling them that Donald Trump ending war or like bringing some troops home bad, Joe Biden war good. Like, yes, that makes sense to me because they nod along to whatever these people tell them. This is also a brainwashing. Like people can't and don't think for themselves anymore. They 
they go with whatever the line is and it scares me because the, the propaganda is so effective and earlier I noted that you would think that they could at least wrap the propaganda in a pretty bow um, they could at least make it like less obvious <laughs> but no they don't have to because it's it's so easily accepted um, by the masses uh, a few things on that um, you know I respect what you say, but I just personally think, you know, we need to get back to this thing that we can credit somebody issue by issue. It, it doesn't need to be somebody's all terrible or all great. You know, for example, if Biden does something good, my audience might not like it, but I'll credit him. You know, for example, he's saying he gave a speech today. A lot of it, frankly, was incoherent. But he said he wants to push the HEROES Act through or something like the HEROES Act uh, when he gets sworn in. I don't think the HEROES Act goes far enough, but it's certainly better than nothing. So if it happens, I'll credit him because it would reinstate the unemployment. Like if David Duke picks a flower for like uh, a crippled child, I'm not going to be like, oh, that was nice, David Duke. Good job. Like, I'm not uh, going to do I that. I personally so think far. removing troops from the Middle East is a little different than picking picking a, a daisy for a child, but that's just my opinion. So I could credit Trump. It doesn't mean all the other terrible stuff goes away. It just means on this, even if it's him in his underwear in bed eating a cheeseburger, just, you know, <laughs> just throwing <laughs> at a wall, as long as it, as long as it puts a dent on the military industrial complex, oh I'll give him credit for it. There was one, there was one thing at the end of the press conference that the media is certainly not gonna talk about, I don't know if many people picked it up, but to me was a pretty subtle uh, indication that the TPP trade deal, which labor leaders have, when Obama was pushing it, said would be the final nail in organized labor's coffin, uh, would offshore a million, millions of more jobs. He sounded very, very um, inclined to support a free trade deal uh, with Asian countries. Uh, let me play this part of his press conference. And also on the economic front, as we fight the pandemic, world trade continues and there is great debate over world trade agreements, international trade agreements. Uh, it seems that it, we, in the last couple of days, 15 countries, Asian Pacific countries, have signed onto a new trade deal, the RCEP. Should the United States consider joining that trade agreement? I've talked with a number of these world leaders, and I told them, under the law, I'm not able to begin to discuss with them. There's only one president at a time as to who can say what our policy will be. So I'm reluctant to answer that question now, but here's what I can say. We make up 25% of the world's trading capacity, of the economy of the world. We need to be aligned with the other democracies another 25% or more, so that we can set the rules of the road instead of having China and others dictate outcomes because they are the only game in town. And so, but what I'm insisting on and what I've been asked by world leaders as to what I would do without getting into detail, I've said, but I want you to know that there are three things that are gonna happen if I'm elected. One, we're gonna invest in American workers to make them more competitive. Number two, we're going to make sure that labor is at the table and environmentalists are at the table. 
in any trade deals we make. And I'm not looking for punitive trade. The idea that we are poking our finger in the eyes of our friends and embracing autocrats makes no sense to me. And so, but I'm reluctant to get in more detail at this moment. I promise you I have a pretty thorough plan and I will be prepared to announce that to you on January 21st. You have indicated changes you want to make in U.S. international policy on other fronts, like the Paris climate. Yes, that's deal. a generic so, notion of rejoining, but I didn't get into So what you're hearing there, and this was kind of the, um, this was the framing from Obama and Biden on TPP, that we want to do the TPP trade deal, which was with the Asian Pacific region, uh, to take away control from China. We don't want China to dominate uh, the region. Uh, so we want to have trade deals with the Asian Pacific countries to basically neutralize China. In reality, TPP was just NAFTA with other countries. Instead of Mexico and uh, Canada, it would be a similar trade deal to NAFTA with countries in the Asian Pacific, therefore offshoring our jobs. So the question he was asked was not about TPP. It was about a different trade deal that China is part of, uh, RECP or something like that. But this, the actual, what he said, which was basically, well, we don't want, you know, we don't want China to run things and we, you know, we don't, we want, we don't want China to dominate the, the global market. To me, that's somebody talking like a free trader who once he gets in there, might change a few sentences and ram TPP through, which by the way, in 2016, Biden was pushing, Biden himself was pushing Hillary Clinton not to abandon the TPP. And as of last year, Biden was still supporting the TPP. And when asked about it during this campaign, when he was running, he didn't say he was for it, but he certainly, he kind of hemmed and hawed on TPP. So why is this important? It's not a sexy topic, but remember, why did they fire Ed Schultz, who's, you know, rest in peace? Why was Ed Schultz fired from MSNBC? Because he was the only one that would talk about TPP against it. Why, why is it that in the mainstream media, they would not have uh, anti-TPP voices on? Uh, and why is it that Obama was going against labor unions? Um, so bottom line, I don't know what you think, Jen. To me, that sounded uh, like somebody who is ready to make some free trade deals. Yeah, he'll throw in, yeah, labor's gonna be at the, at the table. The envi environment, environmentalists will be at the table. But in reality, they always say that, and then they sell out labor and environmentalists. Like we know he's afraid of China having, you know, the, the largest pool. Um, and I, I need to do much more reading on this. This like, yeah, it's the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership um, on that because that seems like, yeah, it's 15 Asia Pacific countries expected to, to sign that deal. It would become the world's largest trade agreement. So I wonder what the landscape looks like if that happens and what Biden's plan would be in light of that. So so this is Richard Trumska who wrote this. Uh, but here's what they're not telling you. The TPP and agreements like it 
would actually speed up China's growing dominance and give Beijing access to be- access to trade benefits without asking for anything in return. In fact, the same global firms that set the disastrous terms, disastrous terms of the current U.S.-China trading relationship wrote the rules of TPP. Among other giveaways, the TPP would have made brand-name drugs less affordable and given foreign corporations the power to sue governments in private tribunals over regulations they didn't like. In addition, the TPP did nothing to address critical bread-and-butter issues like currency manipulation and little to ensure workers' rights would be protected and enforced. The plain truth is the TPP slash NAFTA model has weakened our position with China by holding down wages, stifling investment, and exploding inequality. Well, you know. He might have been asked in that press conference about a different trade deal than TPP, but the same exact principle, what he said, is the same exact principle of why he was pushing TPP in the first place. We can't let China run roughshod over the world. We can't let China have market dominance with all these countries. So we got to get in there and make these trade deals. The problem is, A, yeah, maybe organized labor and environmentalists are at the table as window dressing. They always say, yeah, yeah, they're going to be at the table. This is what they said about NAFTA. We'll have them at the table. But somehow, you know, they lose their invite to the main dinner table discussion that allows Wall Street banks and multi-billion dollar corporate conglomerates to write these trade deals, which allow us and companies to hire uh, you know, workers in Mexico and China. God bless those workers. It's, it's not the workers I'm mad at. Uh, they need work. But allow them to uh, offshore our jobs for basically slave laborers, slave laborers in other countries. In this case, if the TPP went through, we would be hand, you know, handing over jobs that were uh, in the Rust Belt and elsewhere to uh, Asian Pacific countries. And you know, not that I don't want, uh, not that I don't want good economies and jobs for other countries, but I don't know. Call me old-fashioned. I care about American jobs before other jobs. Um, so yeah, watch this because it's not a sexy topic. It's definitely not one corporate media will talk about much. Frankly, I don't think independent media will talk. I mean, Steve Grumbine, for example, of Real Progressives, somebody like him, Richard Wolf, a great, a great uh, socialist economist, they'll pick up on this. But I think when Biden gets in, you know, he's saying the right things now. He'll definitely make the pandemic uh, first priority. Yeah, TPP ain't going to be far behind it. I will put the very little money I have down uh, that TPP is going through under a President Biden. Biden. So definitely, definitely, uh, definitely focus and pay attention to that. So are you saying, because you're much better versed on this topic than I am, TPP under a different name? No, it'll be TPP. They'll just change a couple sentences, you know, move, move commas around and pretend that's what that's what Trump did with the new NAFTA saying, oh, this is much better. No, it wasn't. That's why Bernie voted against it. Um, The new NAFTA is much like the old NAFTA. They just changed changed a couple things and sold it as you know a brand new deal. But the, at the end of the day, does nothing. The new NAFTA nor with TPP do a damn thing to penalize countries for offshoring their jobs. I mean, really penalize them um, to to make them not do it. Uh, it. I mean, I, I think um, the new NAFTA. I don't even think mentioned climate change. TPP would, but 
i mean the environmental regulations and nafta and most of these trade deals are not enforceable and t p p like richard trumpet wrote and that op ed a couple years ago literally leaves disputes to private foreign tribunals what could go wrong